Grocery stores. The supermarket. A lasting symbol of modern America and our complicated relationship to capitalism and consumption. For oh so many years, you would uh, have the components of a grocery store dispersed throughout the community. There is a man who grew vegetables on his farm. Maybe he had some fruit trees. He harvested all of that and you would buy it from him. Maybe you made leather goods or chairs out of wood. And you might, you might trade that. Currency eventually came along, but even so, there was, you know, there was a, a, one specific place to go to get meat, butcher shop, or uh, the pork store, depending on where you live. And then time goes on, technology develops, refrigeration increases in, uh, frequency and availability and some guy can say hey I can put a bunch of these oranges from Florida on a train and I'll pay John D. Rockefeller a pretty penny but I'll be able to ship them to Nebraska or Kansas New York State Possibly even Oregon. Oregon? Oregon. I, uh, uh, do, does anybody say Oregon? That's, I feel like, like people who say orange instead of orange might pronounce it that way. Anyway, he can ship his oranges and, you know, you know they might cost a little more, especially out of season, but the point is, is for so many years, you, if you lived in Oregon, you couldn't get an orange. <laughs> And now you now you can, and you could do the same. You could kill a, a a buffalo. No, the buffalo were probably already wiped out by that point. You could kill a cow, um, in a Chicago slaughterhouse, and uh, have it served on Joe Hollywood's plate in California by the next uh, weekend. Why he wouldn't have a cow? There's plenty of cattle in California. And I don't want to uh, disparage the rich agricultural history of the California state. I'm sure they have. They have. You know what they have? I've, in fact, I think there's a whole commission on advertising for California dairy. So that doesn't work as well. But you understand what I'm talking about. So anyway, these things develop. We get refrigeration, and then someone comes along and says, "Hey, all of these things that are." out there, the butcher, the baker, candlestick maker, come in here, come under my fluorescent lighting, and uh, let's all be under one roof, and people can come and park their car, and they can come inside and get everything that they need here at this supermarket. To call it a regular market it would not suffice, it is a supermarket. And here we are today. Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening to Clean Up on Isle Fun. 
I'm Rod O'Toole. I'm your host of this show. Uh, this is a podcast where we're going to be talking about grocery stores. We're going to be reviewing grocery stores that we visit. By we, I mean myself and any guests that I'm able to hoodwink into wasting their time uh, by walking around a grocery store and talking about it with me. Uh, and But we're also going to talk about theory methods in grocery shopping, our relationship to grocery shopping, uh, how we go about it, memories, um, there will be tangents, we might learn something. There's a lot of, uh, the subject is rife with um, all sorts of uh, interesting facts and information about food, uh, we might get into some nutrition, uh, social political issues, you know, access to food uh, and whether or not people can even get to a grocery store. This sits at the intersection of issues involving class and race, you name it. And we might get into some of that, uh, or it might just be a bunch of inane conversation about what size cart you pick when you go to Trader Joe's. I don't know. I can't make any promises. I'm just, this is like the first episode, so I don't know what this is going to be yet, but I'm keeping an open mind. Hopefully it can be of some use to somebody uh, or interesting. I I doubt it. I don't know that it really will be, but uh, no, you know what? I think it can be. You're witnessing the struggle. So a little bit about me. I am an actor and comedian. I live in New York. I uh, live in, in Brooklyn. Um, and I am a, uh, I'm a boring person who thinks that talking about grocery shopping is an interesting thing. It's interesting to me because uh, I like the min- minutiae of everyday life and uh, spending any amount of time talking about that is always funny to me for some reason. I think just because it's, I think I am actually interested by the conversations that I have about this. And I am also amused at the fact that I am even having them. And so that's sort of what I'm trying to capture and uh, put out here in the more practical sense. I uh, am a veteran of the grocery store industry. I started working for a grocery store chain uh, when I was a uh, when I was a high schooler, I was about 16 years old, uh, and this was this was when I was uh, growing up in Northeast Ohio. I grew up in the the east, far flung eastern suburbs of, of Cleveland, uh, and I I worked for this this company in various capacities throughout college, and a little bit after uh, everything from packing bags to stocking shelves to working in the main office in internal communications, helping out with accounting a little bit, and even some light interior decorating. So I've, I've seen a lot of the insides of how uh, the industry works, and I know a, a thing or two, I guess, about what goes into running a good grocery store. Um, so that is sort of the practical element of it, but it's also just something, it's also something that I enjoy doing. I uh, I enjoy it in the way that I think there's this trend towards analog things 
over the last couple of years. Uh, there's been a big digital swing, and I think there's a bit, been a bit of a push in the other direction. This is, you know, we collect records, we value handmade goods, and I think going to a supermarket or a grocery store to do your shopping is a it it feels productive because you're going somewhere and you're acquiring things. And it's something that is necessary for your sustenance and survival, so you feel productive. Uh, but I love, I love the visceral experience of it. I love walking around and appraising the produce, seeing what's fresh. Um, you can, you know, compare different brands of things. Uh, you, you can find a good deal. Finding a good deal is so much fun. A little treat that uh, you kind of stumble upon. And you think, well, I wasn't thinking of getting it, but I'll get it anyway. There's lots of little surprises. There's all, all, sorts, of, all sorts of fun little things that can await you. If you go to the same grocery store on a regular basis, sometimes you build a rapport with the people who work there. That's nice. To build a personal, to build a personal relationship with the person from whom you purchase meat is just about the most red-blooded American activity that there is. And um, if you're a vegetarian, the person who sells you produce. If you don't like either of those things, that's not good. You should be eating uh, a more balanced diet. But it's, it's, it's nice. It's nice to build a personal relationship with people uh, and even if you don't, even if you kind of bop around to different grocery stores, just to be able to like say hello and smile at someone as who's working, um, that's sort of my experience. Because the, uh, the other, so I don't have one store that I am particularly loyal to uh, here in New York. And grocery shopping in New York is a whole different ball game from any other point in my life. And that's part of the, the reason I, I wanted to do this and talk to people who also live in New York because it is there are New York-specific things that inform the experience here. For example, most people don't have cars, and that is a linchpin of grocery shopping elsewhere in the country where you, you probably do. So yeah, you don't have to worry about parking, but it's you have to sort of strategize, like, how much am I getting? Am I going to make one big trip and just carry a enormous amount of food home? Or am I going to make several small trips throughout the week? Or maybe I get most of my stuff from one place and then, you know, at some other point in the week go, you know, to the bodega to get my milk and eggs or, you know, some certain small perishable items. Who knows? There's all there's all kinds of strategies, different places to go. Do you go to the same store all the time? Do you have, you know, what, what you know, are you brand loyal? What it, there's, I, I, I could, I could. I could barely even get the words out. I'm so flustered thinking about all the different options and all the different things that, uh, the different ways in which people go about this. Uh, so we're going to talk to some folks about that, and I'm going to explain some of my stuff too. So we're going to be discussing all of these things, and we are also going to be uh, sort of critiquing and grading grocery stores. Now this uh, can be a bit of a complicated process, I think. Now, there's several things that I want to sort of be specific about. First off, I, I, tr I try to take a celebratory tone with, uh, 
with what we review here because I, as I just said, I like grocery shopping. I think it's a, a good thing to do, a good thing to support, especially in this uh, this digital age where you can get groceries delivered to you. And if you do, that's fine. I don't hold that against you. Um, but, you know, try to take a supportive celebratory tone with the stores that we visit, unless it sucks. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pull my punches. Um, and I don't, we're not going to be grading all of these stores on necessarily the same criteria. I think there will be some similar categories, things that we can look at. But, you know, there's different stores that meet different sort of needs. Some focus more on bargains and price point rather than, like, flashy aesthetics. Um, others are more geared towards, like, specialty foods or, or what have you. But I think um, the thing that is... Uh, necess- the, the lens through which I want to look at all of this is what is the store trying to accomplish and how well do they succeed in doing that and if there's any comparisons to be made it would be against other stores in the chain so compare a Whole Foods against a Whole Foods compare a food town against another food town a key food a ca- um, uh a key food against another key food. So that's sort of how we're going to be judging things. And as far as the format of the show, well, I'm still figuring that out a little bit, if I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I think some of these I'm going to review by myself just as a matter of convenience. I'm going to try to get guests in here to uh, talk about their experiences and go to uh, stores with them. And we can talk about talk about it together and i think i think i have the potential for some very different kinds of episodes because it it could be fun and um interesting with another person but uh solo i have no idea (laughs) what it's going to be like listening to someone talk about um their shopping for that amount of time by themselves it could be boring as hell. It could be interesting in that I might sound uh, like an unhinged person. And we're going to find out because today I am going to be talking about my experience at Trader Joe's on 14th Street. So a bit about Trader Joe's and I guess my relationship to it. I don't think I went to a Trader Joe's until I was an adult. Um, There was only one or two in the area where I grew up, and they were in, like, a different part of town. I think Cleveland Heights was the only one that I could... Or University Heights was the only one I could think of, and we were never there for grocery shopping. So it always seemed kind of exotic. This strange place uh, with these Hawaiian shirt-clad... Uh, employees and uh, I started shopping there intermittently as an adult I think the first time I started going regularly was when I was living in Chicago there was a Trader Joe's it was walking distance but it was like a it was a longer walk so that was in it was an occasional stop for me and uh, I I like I really like shopping there what can I say I there when I'm shopping at Trader Joe's I'm truthfully probably not cooking as much in my week as I am 
preparing food because they have I'd say I'd say their strongest point is their branded products, particularly the frozen stuff, because it's damn tasty. It's convenient and pretty cheap compared to, you know, the same level of quality food you might get at another store or even, you know, uh, out at like a fast casual restaurant or something like that or, or, or fast food or what have you. And um, so if I'm shopping at Trader Joe's, that means like I want to typically what that translates to in my life is that I don't want to be spending too much on uh, food outside the home. Don't want to be splurging too much on, you know, getting uh, Chipotle or whatever. But I want to have some I want to have something good. So uh, I'll load up on all that frozen junk. And well, it's not junk. There's some good there's some good stuff there. And, um, and, and try and make food at home more. And they have good produce and they have, uh, uh, you know, all kinds of, all kinds of wonderful little knickknacks and not knickknacks so much. It's just strange specific products. Cookie butter. It's the only place I, I mean, I think they sell cookie butter elsewhere, but they really, they really, they really hitch their wagon to speculus. Speculos? How's it pronounced? Someone tell me. Um, the, the drawbacks that I would say sort of limited in housewares. I think they ha- you could probably get like tin foil and plastic bag, garbage bags and stuff. Actually, no, I don't think you can get garbage bags at Trader Joe's. I'm not sure. I should have checked a good, someone who was doing a good job would have checked. I, and I'm just going to go off of the vague notion that I'm pretty sure you can't. Um, so there are cer- certain things that I can't get there, but they do have a lot of, they, I mean, you need like dish soap. They have good dish soap. I will say one of their home products that I really love is they sell a, a package of, I think it's like six or eight sponges, but they are like, uh, they're like dried up. So it's like this thin, it's like, it's, you pull out what seems to looks like an orange thick strip of gum uh, like a like an orange stick of gum that's thick and you run it underwater and it expands into a sponge and i like that because you you buy eight of them at a time and sponges can get pretty dirty and full of bacteria quickly so you could toss it out and uh charge up a new one and it's fun to it's fun to watch it expand i run it underwater and it's like those little dinosaurs that you would get from the uh, dollar store. You put them in water and they would expand. Except this has a, a practical application and it doesn't smell strange when you're done with it. So, so, but as much as I like that, I they're a little lacking in housewares. But I don't know that that's necessarily the big thing that they're going for. Certainly not as much as like Whole Foods. Whole Foods you can get all kinds of garbage. Uh, not garbage, useful things. I don't know. One of the, I guess you could call it a drawback. Here's a unique thing about it. Okay. So in New York, grocery stores are basically always crowded, especially during peak hours. And as we will discover in other episodes, there are various methods of line control for getting to the checkout. 
And the way Trader Joe's does it is uh, uh, fairly analog. What they'll do is they'll have a couple of store employees holding signs directing people to the line, and they sort of form the line, and they say, okay, here you, here's where the line is, and the line to the register snakes through the store. Uh, depending on how crowded the store is, it might go all the way around uh, the store at peak hours. And when you get to the front of the line, there's someone kind of directing traffic there. And when a register is open, they're all numbered, and the the cash, cashier will raise a flag with the their number register on it, and the person who's sort of conducting traffic will say, okay, you this line, you go to register 21, you go to register 8, you go to register 13. Back and forth. And it's, honestly, it works pretty well, I have to say. I mean, when it's really busy at peak hours, it, it takes a little while, but, you know, for the amount of people that they're able to get through, I gotta say they're pretty efficient. Now... Because of the way this line can sort of snake through the grocery store, sometimes what you got to do is get what you can from the aisles where there is room to move around. And then at a certain point, you got to join the line to the checkout and finish your shopping while you are moving through the line. So you might go through the produce section and then meet, and then maybe another aisle or two even, where as you are moving, you got to kind of quickly scan and say, okay, do I need this? Do I need that? Grabbing things. This is where it pays to um, have someone there with you, perhaps a significant other that you can rope into uh, helping, uh, or maybe even a friend. And one person can push the cart, another person can go get the stuff. If you don't have that, um, you there's a sort of a a kind of an encouraging level of uh community help in which you know you're pushing your cart along the line and you need to run and go grab something you go and run and if the line moves they'll push the the person behind you will push the cart along for you it's a little courtesy that you uh sometimes engage in so for some people, that sort of experience can be a bit of a deal breaker. And I honestly wouldn't blame you. I don't mind it. Um, but I have I have been in circumstances where I like needed to go grocery shopping, walked in, saw the line and and uh, just turned on my heels and left. Um, maybe not necessarily well, the time I'm thinking of, it wasn't even the line. I walked in, the line was crazy, and I was like, okay, I think I can deal with this. And this was during rush hour, and they the stock was depleted. Like, they didn't have bananas, and that's not their fault. Uh, they can only keep up so much. I don't, I don't really blame Trader Joe's for that, but um, those, those two things combined with the fact that I had uh, had a glass of wine and was feeling a little sleepy, I thought... I'm coming back tomorrow or something. And I did. And it was successful. And that was actually at this very Trader Joe's that I went to today, which is uh, colloquially known as the Trader Joe's Union Square. It is on 14th Street 
in between Union Square and 3rd Avenue. For me, most easily accessible off of the 3rd Avenue stop on the L train. R.I.P. as of April 2019. Uh, so <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm really trying to really trying to get my visits in now because it m- I might not be coming back for a while. Uh, this, so what notable things about this specific location, I don't know for sure. I tried to, Jesus, I tried to find the square footage compared to the other Trader Joe's in New York. And I, I didn't look very hard, but the fact that I looked at all is stupid. And I, so I don't know what the square footage is, but I'm compelled to say, just based off the eye test, that this is probably one of the smaller, if not the smallest, Trader Joe's in the New York area. Um, and I got to say, in spite of that, they do a good job. They do a good job. You move through quickly, or at least quickly enough. What is notab- notable about this one, though, is... Um, Next to the tra- next to the store itself is a full Trader Joe's wine shop. Now, Trader Joe's is famous for the is it two buck chuck I believe it's called like the cheap wine or whatever. And they have I went in they have a pretty great selection. Most of it's pretty inexpensive. I don't think I saw a bottle more expensive than twenty dollars or something. But honestly, you know, um, there's some there's some good stuff there. And I'll get into that in a little bit. But first, uh, the actual grocery store portion of my visit. So, uh, location location's good. Union Square is a very busy area. Makes perfect sense to have a grocery store there. There's a Whole Foods there. Um, pretty sure there's there's got to be a fairway, fairway nearby. It's a good spot. Uh, so the layout of the, the store, as you know, when you walk, as I said, it's, smaller seems smaller in square footage but they manage the space well when you walk in carts are right to your left right in front of you is produce to the immediate left of that is uh the freezer freezer aisles i think there's like two or three of them because uh as as i mentioned frozen food seems to be kind of the linchpin of their operation now so i I walk in and i see uh right by the produce uh, section a, a decorative gourd display they had some autumnal stuff. There was some pumpkins. There was some squash, uh, some gourds, like, you know, the green ones, little bumpy boys. And they had a they so they had this big crate with a bunch of pumpkins in it. I, I am aware that I am saying pumpkins. That's how I'm going to choose to say it for now. I'll probably switch back at some point to the correct pronunciation. And I saw they had signage on this crate for uh, a cinnamon broom. And this was uh, a broom made of raw pine soaked in cinnamon oil. I am assuming not uh, ideally to, probably not the ideal cleaning implement, but you, you sweep around and it'll leave your home with a, a nice cinnamon scent. However, they were, they were plum out. And I wouldn't have bought one, but I would have liked to see one and maybe take a sniff. Oh well. So as I start browsing, uh, full disclosure, th- you know, I took this trip and I did make purchases for myself for the week. I didn't need to go desperately. I probably could have gone another two days, but this just happened to be a day where it worked out. And uh, this was, I want to say, a little more so 
probably more so for research and just for this episode. But I, I, I browsed fully. Uh, I was impressed with their popcorn selection. Um, they had a lot of good bagged popcorn. Seems like a popular snack. Seems like a pop. Jesus Christ. It is a popular snack. I I don't know. I I don't know if I'm all in on popcorn. Kernels get stuck in my teeth. Um, I was bumping into people a lot, I noticed. Tight corners. What are you going to do? Uh, so the popcorn was amongst the chips and stuff, and that was across the aisle from some of their frozen goods. The frozen dessert section, I think, is, is where I was. Uh, they had, they had, they were a little cleaned out as far as the ice cream goes, I noticed. And I wasn't going to get any ice cream, because I didn't need to get any more sweet stuff. I've got enough goodies here. But, uh, yeah, not a ton of ice cream at the moment. And I don't know if they were just in the process of restocking, but I was like, oh, okay. Uh, they did have, they did have cookie butter ice cream, though, which I'm sure is a real popular one, so they, they definitely had enough of that. Uh, they also had some various flavors of mochi. I feel like Trader Joe's was ahead of the curve on mochi. Um, I heard about it first at a Trader Joe's, I think, which I don't know if that's good. But, uh, you know, you see it everywhere now. Whole Foods has like a choose your own mochi cooler uh, where you can mix and match. But I feel like TJ's might have been uh, first in the game as far as grocery stores again i don't have any evidence to back that up but this is just what i what i assume but you know what what are the consequences no one gives a shit um so yeah there was mochi they had pie crusts that made me think that i wanted to bake a pie and i might do that later today i'm not sure um but i uh if i were to do so i'm, I'm making you know i'm making that dough on my own not buying the pre-made crust. Pre-made crust is fine, I guess, in certain circumstances, but it's really rewarding to make your own pie dough. And it's difficult. It's very difficult. It's something I need to be better at. Maybe that's why I'll make one. Um, Yeah, so frozen foods, as far as the eye can see, they had some good frozen fish. You could get swordfish for $8.99 a pound. Um, and that's a good New York price, as far as I'm concerned. Elsewhere in the country... Probably less, but it looked like good swordfish. And I like swordfish. I did not get any. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at my notes. A lot of this is stuff that I didn't get, but I was just happy that it was there. Such as um, uh, <laughs> above above the swordfish, there was... Um, they have shelves where they put dry goods. Dry goods. above uh, uh, Above the frozen foods. And above the fish, they had some cookies. And they had uh, plastic containers of ginger snaps. When was the last time you had a ginger snap? Can you honestly answer? I could not tell you, but I can tell you this. If I had one today, I'm sure I'd be happy about it. It's a great cookie. Um, but I feel like it has been sort of kicked to the side. Ginger... Uh, Find it, uh, get a ginger snap at some point over the next two months. That's my, that is my, my first, um, edict. 
Will I will I do the same thing? Maybe. Uh, but you know, this is I'm requesting that of you. Uh so I yeah, I got some I got some frozen I got some frozen stuff. I picked up um this little uh shu bao, this uh Chinese pork buns. It's good stuff. I haven't had I don't know if I've had the ones from Trader Joe's though. The only ones I've had uh in recent memory were um made by my great aunt Thelma, who's from the Philippines. And uh she makes she makes these uh filled pork buns and they're good as hell i'm thinking about it now and i wish i wish i had one to snack on right here now um what else oh i got some i got i got a frozen uh a chicken tikka masala and some naan and uh i remember this because i i was recording a voice memo to sort of like take verbal notes as i was going through the store and I, I wrote this down in my notes. I realized I said uh, I would, like, narrate what I was doing. Like, oh, I'm going to grab some of this chicken tikka masala. Why not? I would say why not a lot, uh, which made me happy because you just uh, – that, that, but I think that's the Trader Joe's effect is everything is so, like, nicely packaged and it seems so attractive that every purchase you make feels like, oh, it's a little treat for myself. Everything. Even if it's just, like, a – it could be a bag of avocados, which I got. But for some reason, something about the vibe in there. It's a fun place. Uh, every every purchase feels like uh, like a, just a nice little. Th- it doesn't. None of it felt boring. I don't. I didn't feel like anything I bought was boring. But if I purchased if I purchased four avocados elsewhere, might be nothing special. But this little bag of avocados, I uh, I was I was going crazy. I suppose I should take a, a second to discuss what my strategy was going into this today. So I, I, I went in. The line was not snaking around the store. It was pushing into one of the aisles, but this was um, this was around this was about noon, noon on a Monday. So it was not super crowded. That being said, I did start with the dry good aisles. There's got to be a better term than dry goods, right? Um, because that makes me sound like, um, I own a general store in the wild west. You know what? No, I'm going to stick with it. So I go, I go to look at dry goods and frozen foods first. And then that's, that was sort of in the middle of the store. And then I moved over to produce to work my way around the periphery of the store to eventually join the line. So I finish in Frozen, I move over to produce. Uh, I get some avocados, as I said. Got some sweet potatoes. I have a few sweet potatoes here. I wanted to get more so I could force, sort of like force my own hand and like, you gotta make these. You gotta make these last two from the last time you bought them um, before they go bad. And I hope that psychological trick works. I hope I am fooled. Uh, So as I'm going through produce on the end of, uh, sort of at an end cap, they have they had some baked goods and folks make no mistake about it autumn is here i am recording this on monday september um what's the date monday september 24th the autumnal equinox was over this past weekend and 
uh, fall is here. It's in full swing, especially at old TJ's. They had pumpkin bagels. They had pumpkin spice chai loaf. Uh, pumpkin breakfast pastries, chocolate, pumpkin chocolates. And let me say this. So I've been, I've been seeing some stuff online lately like memes or uh screen grabs of tweets this is i'm sure this has been more prevalent on facebook and twitter but i'm not on facebook and twitter anymore i've seen it on instagram uh but just stuff expressing the sentiment of uh the world is very chaotic right now and can we just let pumpkin spice people have their pumpkin spice and not shit on them for enjoying it because uh, life is tough. And I agree with that sentiment. Uh, but how unfortunate that that's what it took for us to arrive to that conclusion. You should be able to, you should be able to enjoy pumpkin spice unencumbered regardless of who's president. Uh, I mean, come on, it's a flavor. It's not hurting anybody. And uh, and I it's I I get I get very sick of um anytime there's a wave of like let's let's derive enjoyment from uh you know attacking people for enjoying something uh just putting putting any putting energy into anything into something negative like that is is pretty lame to me and it's like you know, maybe and maybe you're annoyed that it's everywhere, but it, it who cares? It doesn't. It's a flavor, and you know what? You maybe you don't like it, and that's that's okay. I feel like the the uh, the inverse of of this, but it comes from a similar place in my heart, is when people don't like something uh, that is particularly a flavor, some sort of popular flavor like a pumpkin spice. When people don't like that. Uh, that you then attack them for that. Like, what? what's wrong with you? What do you mean the chemical composure of your taste buds doesn't line up with this thing? It's annoying. And we've all got, we've all got stuff like that. For example, uh, my, myself, I, I'm, I'm not too favorable to the flavor combination of mint and chocolate. And I know that mint chocolate chip ice cream is like a top tier flavor of ice cream for a lot of people that's their favorite uh and and i understand that i i i i i understand intellectually that those flavors go well together i respect it i respect it i respect um i respect mint chocolate chip ice cream uh there are let me let me list a few things in no particular order that I respect. Uh, number one with a bullet, and again, these are in no particular order. Uh, number one, my elders. I respect my elders. You gotta. Uh, number two, the hustle. I respect the hustle. Three, the game. Similar to the hustle, but um, different and also worthy of respect. Uh, number four, 
the rules of the road. And number five, mint chocolate chip ice cream. I can see, I can conceive of ways in which those might be in conflict with one another. Like suppose I'm with an elderly person and they want to share mint chocolate chip ice cream with me. I'm really at an impasse. I guess at that point, well, I suppose I could explain to them, I respect you and I respect this flavor of ice cream. I don't, I don't like that flavor of ice cream. Uh, which might lead them to say, but do you like me? And I'll, I'll say yes, even if I don't, because I respect my elders. Uh, so <laughs> mint chocolate chip, I'm not, oh, I'm not a big fan of, um, maybe you've got that flavor that is popular that, that you don't really like, um, I would I would say I would say tweet at the show or tweet at me to let me know what that is with some sort of clever hashtag. But again, I'm not on Twitter, and I don't have a Twitter for the show, and I don't know if I'm going to. So um, let's see. Here's what I suggest you do instead: <clears throat> think of a friend or family member. Maybe it's someone you haven't talked to in a little while, someone you've been meaning to reconnect with, or somebody that you talk to on a regular basis, but you would just like a, a reason to reach out. Uh, get a hold of them. The means of communication is up to you. You can give them uh, a call on the phone. You can text them, send them an email. And uh, uh, start, start with, uh, say, hello. Uh, or a good afternoon, whatever. You, you can gauge the level of formality for the greeting, whether or not a greeting is even necessary. Depends on how familiar you are. I would Manners would dictate that you start with some sort of greeting and some light pleasantries. Um, and in that regard, I will allow you creative control. And it's up to your judgment. Once you've gotten through all that, say, I have something vulnerable that I need to share with you and wait for their response. Um, this, this will shed some light on how they feel about you, I, I think. Because uh, they might seem a little weirded out, in which case you may reevaluate how close you are with that person. Uh, if they say, is everything okay, you can assure them everything's fine. But uh, say, I have something vulnerable I need to share with you. Wait for their response. When they ask what it is, admit to them whatever the popular flavor is that you don't like. So I might say, hey, I know everybody loves mint chocolate chip ice cream. It's not for me. I can't get on board with it. Uh, and the way people respond to that will, uh, I think, be edifying and educational for you. Because a good, a good friend, a good person to have in your life will say something to the effect of, that's okay, I, I still love you anyway. Or, that doesn't matter. Um, doesn't really affect our friendship or how I see you as a person. Or they might say, who, who cares? That doesn't, that doesn't matter at all in the grand scheme of things. That's a smart person. That's a wise person. Keep them in your life. If they try to shame you for not liking whatever that popular flavor is, 
congratulations, you've just found someone to cut out of your life. Uh, and if that was the case, send me a direct message on Instagram saying, one less person, and I will not respond. But, uh, oh man, where, where, where was I going with that? But anyway, so if you don't like pumpkin spice, that's okay. There's no need. There's no need to. There's no need to attack someone for not liking pumpkin spice. I mean, there's no reason to attack people for liking it. Now, that being said, uh, pumpkin spice gets a lot of the the autumnal thunder when it comes to flavors, and I gotta say, I I would like to see a little more love for apple cider. I'm a I'm an apple, apple cider, apple cinnamon kind of guy. I at my last trip to Trader Joe's, I purchased an apple cider jam, and let me tell you, uh, folks, it it was crisp weather this weekend. Last night I got in, uh, I got home from work. It was late, but it was like nice and cool out, and I was happy to be back in indoors. And I made myself some tea, and I uh, made some toast with uh, apple cider jam. And I sat at my kitchen table and I ate it and uh, thought, this is pleasant. And it was. Um, but I, I like, I, you know, I like apple cider. And you know, they had plenty of apple and apple cider flavored things, uh, which is good. An apple cider donut is great. Really, any time of year, especially now. But as far as autumnal flavors that get the shaft, I have to say, I think we are sleeping on butternut squash. And Trader Joe's, I think they might be ahead of us on this. They had butternut squash macaroni and cheese. And I I, I did not get any. Looked great though and i was i was glad to see it represented because i was truly thinking about this the other day that like butternut squash we don't see enough of it's uh it's i feel the more mature autumnal flavor to uh stand for and if you're a butternut squash fan out there let me know so that's all i've got to say on autumnal flavors for now. So I continued, so we moved through produce, we moved through meat and bread. Um, I didn't get any bread, but I gotta, I gotta point this out. A loaf of San Francisco sourdough bread. $2.99 at Trader Joe's. And this is notable because I have for a while maintained what I call the bread and toilet paper theory. And that is... If you're going to if you're going to splurge on something, get nicer bread, get nicer toilet paper, and here's why. This is again if you are looking to splurge on something. If you're like we're running a tight ship rod, I'm not going to spend more on anything than I need to. I 100% respect that. But if you want to spend a little extra cheddar on something, do it on bread and toilet paper because. San Francisco sourdough, like I said, $2.99. How much does a loaf of Wonder Bread cost? I'm not sure, probably like maybe a dollar less. But for that extra dollar, the increase in quality that you get is astounding. And it's the same with toilet paper. 
You spend an extra couple of dollars on toilet paper, and it is so much more soft and luxurious than the one-ply stuff. And these are two little things that will give your life... uh, They will improve your quality of life by having the slightly better versions of them. Um... And again, this is if you're looking to, to splurge on something. There's nothing wrong with, with white bread. There's nothing wrong with one-ply toilet paper at all. But that's a good area to, to splurge on. Um, so we move through the bread. We uh, move through the meats. I don't need any meat right now. Uh, and as we're getting towards the checkout, I was looking around for a specific product that I got the last time I was at Trader Joe's. And I found them. And I think they're new. And if you haven't checked them out, I would strongly recommend. They are called ABC Bars. ABC. Uh, ABC Bars. Always be closing. Uh, from Glengarry Glen Ross. As some will know. And these and these are the first product in a line of uh, tie-in products to the work of David Mamet. In a partnership with Trader Joe's that many are calling unprecedented. Uh, I'm obviously kidding. This is the, the, the bars stand for, uh, almond butter cocoa bars. But, uh, how interesting would that be if, if there were, uh, you know what? I don't, I don't know that I would want a David Mamet tie-in products. Um, if there's anyone whose work I would want to see represented in, grocery store setting I think it would be Annie Baker and I'm not going to tell you why as if you see me in person you may ask me if you ask me through any other means I will not answer but this is a fun thing to think about so again uh no no twitter to check into but here's what I want you to do now uh if you can think of an American an American playwright and I will limit it to American playwrights, whose body of work you think would make a fun uh, source of uh, uh, tie-in products at, at pick whatever store you want. Pick the play, pick an pick an American playwright, pick a grocery store, and think about <laughs> think about what think about the possibilities. Um, Think, find a different friend from earlier and use that as the starting point for conversation. You're welcome. Anyway, but these ABC bars... Oh, jeez, I just dropped them. <clears throat> so they stand for almond butter cocoa, and it's just a little bit of almond butter with, like, a chocolatey outside. It's made of, like, oats, I think. Um... They are gluten-free, they are vegan, if those are things that you were into. But these were such a tasty little snack. I bought them on a whim, and I'm 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 going nuts over them, folks. I um I have high praise for them. What is it on the side it says ABC. Some say it's easy as one, two, three, others liken it to Do Re Mi. Uh now I hope that they have given a, a hearty settlement to the estate of the Jackson family for that homage. At Trader Joe's, we think it's more like why almond butter and cocoa, of course. Who's right? Who cares? Sink your teeth into a chewy, chocolatey, oat-based, and almond butter-filled ABC bar 
and you'll be singing along and stepping in time before you know it. They're subtly sweet, they're slightly salty, and they're sure to satisfy. Subtly sweet and slightly salty. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why I, I enjoy them. I feel like you could describe me that way. <laughs> uh, so, moved through the checkout without any problems, and that was that. Now, on the way out, I picked up something that I think separates Trader Joe's from the pack, and that is this, uh, would you call it a, a pamphlet or a zine? I'm not sure. But they have this, like, little newspaper that they have available at their stores. It's called the Fearless Flyer. As always, free and worth every penny. So clearly we're in for some fun. Uh, this is the October 2018 issue, and yes, I'm about to go through it with you guys right now. So on the cover, there is uh, a man in a what looks to be a steampunky flying contraption, and he's saying, wishing landing myself was easy as landing values at Trader Joe's. That's great. Uh, the What seems to be the attention-grabbing headline. It says, pumpkin bread mix, back again, still $2.99. Uh, and it says, between the time we featured Trader Joe's pumpkin bread and muffin mix in the Fearless Flyer in 2017 and now, so very much has happened in the world. How about that? How courageous of Trader Joe's to indicate that we've had a rough year. <laughs> Going on. Uh, what hasn't changed? Trader Joe's pumpkin bread and muffin mix. That's what. It's here for you, heralding the arrival of pumpkin season far and wide. It's safe to say that without it, there would be no pumpkin season at Trader Joe's. This is one of the original members of our pumpkin posse, and it's no pumpkin posier. Who, who gets to write this? Who gets to write this stuff with this uh, light humor and uh, diet Noel Coward wordplay? So it goes on to describe the mix. Uh, and th now this is interesting. And this is interesting. It says, uh, we're selling each 17.5 ounce box for $2.99. Same as it ever was. Uh, dating all the way back to 2008. How interesting that they include the ounceage of the box and the year that they first started selling it. I like that. Um, they have a, 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 a tight paragraph on crunch-dried Honeycrisp apples, but I'm not terribly interested in uh, dried fruit. Um, what I will tell you about dried fruit, though, <clears throat> is when people get up your ass about sulfites and wine... Um, the amount of sulfites in a, uh, in a package of dried fruit is equivalent to, like, an entire case of wine. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Uh, oh, okay, here's something about, uh, you really ought to try our autumnal harvest soup. We're simply in awe over autumn. We love the brisker temperatures, the earlier sunsets, and the oh-so-satisfying crunch of a dry autumn leaf underfoot to be sure. Earlier sunsets. These sunsets are too goddamn late. I'm trying to go to bed. Sun's still up. <clears throat> but we love most of all that autumn is the definitive beginning of soup season. Now what are the limits of soup season? I guess autumn and winter. Uh, 
some thoughts on soup. Do people hate on soup? I like soup. And here's why. It is a patient food. It takes a long time to make. And I'll be, I'll be honest, it's better the second and third day. When you, especially, especially, especially chili. No bones about that. Um, chili, once it's been sitting for a day or two, and it incorporates a little more. The it, it, I'd say the difference between chili day two versus chili day one is about thirty percent. It's about thirty percent better in quality. Come at me in the comments about that. I would, I would, and I would love to entertain um, any thoughts you might have about uh, fresh chili being better than chili that's been sitting for a day or two. I I would I would love to hear what you would have to say about that if you if you differ in opinion. Uh, and I say that semi-sarcastically because I, I think how could that possibly be? But you know what? Maybe somebody has an argument. Convince me is what I'm saying. Um, convince me through the channels that I have previously established are not available. Now, again, butternut squash mac and cheese. They say it's back. When we introduced our butternut mac and cheese last fall, we had no idea it would become the smash hit of the season. They had an idea because they saw through. They saw through the pumpkin spices and the apple ciders. Great flavors in their own merit, but they said there's got to be a third way. And it is the butternut squash. Um... Wow, three cheeses. They make so they make a pasta out of it. That's cool. Uh oh, now this publication has several little cartoons. Uh if you could call them that. There's one here, there's a, a handsome looking horse. And it's a realistic looking horse. It's not a cartoon ish horse, but it is it looks like it is drawn. Looks like something out of an old book. And he's got a blanket on his back with a belt around the middle. And there's a cat seated upon his back. The cat is saying, you're a horse. I'm a cat named Radish. They'll have to let us in to buy some. Uh, and the horse is saying, nay, cat, nay. For some reason, this, this cat wants to get horseradish. And the cat seems to believe that... Uh, Mere nomenclature would allow them inside uh, inside the store. The horse seems to be a little wiser. He's looking downward and uh, seems to have a, a clearer, clearer head about it. Um, the uh, Is there anything else of note? Um, they, they are really taking the time to highlight their autumnal autumn, uh, items here. Um, apple cinnamon cultured coconut milk, pumpkin spice almond beverage. Now, this does call to mind something that is, I consider, a knock against Trader Joe's, and that is, uh, their almond milk, it's not really almond milk, is it? It's called almond beverage, and it's not good. I don't like it. Um... 
The pumpkin spice one might be good though. That pumpkin cheesecake, pumpkin flavored dog treats. Even, hear that folks? Even Fido can get in on uh, the craze. Pumpkin Jojo's, pumpkin pancake or waffle mix. They have ones with gluten or without. Chocolate mousse pumpkins, pumpkin cream cheese, vanilla pumpkin candles, uh, petite pumpkin spice cookies, pumpkin spice coffee in single serve cups. It's it's all over the place, folks. Honestly, get it while it's hot. If you like it, go crazy. Uh, that I will say to me seems to be that seems to be it as far as points of interest in this uh, in this publication. And so it's basically, you know, just advertisement. But I think it's nice that they have it. It really adds character to the store. Um. As I mentioned, I went next door to the wine shop. Great selection. It's uh, They have it divided by countries, by specific types of wine. I, for, I believe, $10, got a bottle of, uh, what's this called? Biobera um, Familia San Pedro. It is a Crianza from Rioja, uh, 2015. So Crianza is like a... Uh, sort of like the first level of aging in Spanish wine. And it is a 100% Tempranillo wine from Rioja. Um, and I'm looking forward to, to cracking this bad boy open at some point later, perhaps tonight. But they had a really great variety. It wasn't too crowded in the wine shop. It's a great asset. So, all of this considered... Um, there's not, like I said, there's not many drawbacks to the store. Um, plenty of positives. It does what Trader Joe's does well. Given the addition of the wine shop as well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a high grade to this Trader Joe's. I'm going to give it an A. Uh, not an A plus because of the small infractions, but... No, you know what? A minus. I can't set the bar that high. Um, or that low, whichever one you want to call it. It's an A minus. Okay, well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I hope I haven't scared you off. Um, I'm, I would love to see how this kind of conversation can go with an actual person and I'm not just talking to myself. Um, so please like and subscribe, rate and review, share with your friends. Any of those instances where I said, um... You know, contact a friend to talk about um, what playwright you would uh, have a grocery store promotion with or to talk about flavors that you don't like. Tell them where you heard that question, who told you to do it, and why, and direct them to the episode. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you very much, and have a good day.